Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tap Calf Transmissions, the only Star Wars podcast that sometimes talks about Gordon Ramsay in the pre-show. I am Corey, joined as always by Mr. Justin Eckhart's Ladder. How are you doing tonight, Justin? I owe the uh, I owe the Tap Calf community a number of apologies. Yes. Any <clears throat> anything you want to take responsibility? Now. Anything you want yeah, to take responsibility there's two, for? There's two things. For one, I'm just now uploading the last episode. Won't happen again. I've been so busy. We'll talk about it later. Uh, for two, I thought we were doing a Q&A this week. We were supposed to do Visions. I didn't watch it. So we're changing it on the fly. That is on me. Um, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, chat. Sorry, uh, loyal listeners. Bye. And anyone else you should apologize to? <clears throat> anyone? Anyone at all? Just uh, any any names? Any names popping up? Popping up there that, that might have been impacted by this? Oh, I said you. Oh, did you? I wasn't listening, so that's fine. Yeah, because I also interrupted you as well, so. Yeah, okay, and that's cool. So yeah, today we are going to be doing some Q&A. I've collected a few of the emails over the last little while that we haven't gotten to, because we haven't really done too many Q&A sections on recent episodes. We've been in a bit more of a time crunch recently for these episodes. I don't know how we... We've always done the Thursday streams after, so I don't know how we got into the position where... uh, How did the three-hour episodes ever work? But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea, to be honest. So we're also going to be taking some questions from chat. Should we start off with uh, with this nice little question from Kings and Generals in chat before we get into hmm. any other preamble or other questions that are being dropped? Thank you, Koi. I uh, mean, he, he, Kings and Generals not dropping a racist question? We got to. Oh, okay. Well... Well, Ilkin asked, what would be your Anakin moment? Like, what would force you to go to the dark side? Question is for Corey. Eck is already there. Let's go with you first. What made you this way? So many interactions with Charlie, I think. <laughs> there, there are so many moments where you remind me of my dad in those interactions. And not like, I've, I've talked to you about my dad a lot. Not, I was going to say, not, I'm not. But there, when we were growing up, he'd always say, I'm not giving you shit or anything. Like if me and my sister were ever in trouble and so proceed to give you the most shit, it'd be like kind of half hearted shit. Like he wouldn't go in super hard on us, depending on the situation, but he'd always say, I'm not giving you shit or anything. And whenever you're whenever you're basically having the I'm I'm just disappointed or I'm just frustrated conversations with Charlie. It's always the tone was just the I'm not giving you shit or anything tone that I, I grew up with. So yeah, that... it's like I just think you're wasting an opportunity. It's not, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm just yeah. No, I that's totally fair. Okay, what about you? Uh, I don't know. The the closest I think for me when I was little was mom dying. No, that was I actually. That's a literal Anakin moment. So. But yeah, but I didn't kill everyone around me when that happened. It was a little bit different. Honestly, the day my mom died is kind of bittersweet because it was. In a lot of ways, I remember it as a great day because there was like everyone was around. Mm. We had a party afterwards. I got to like guilt my aunt into not drinking for a while. It was <laughs> it was good stuff. Okay. So oh. it, when I was little, though, so my best friend, I was a very, very nice kid. I don't know what exactly changed, but my best friend was kind of a piece of shit. <laughs> and like we were we were very different. And his thing was that he wanted to see me flip out at least once. Like, Mm -hmm. he would do things to try to, like, needle me and make me angry. But most of the time, I was just too nice, so it didn't really bother me. 
And mm-hmm. we were at our other friend. I probably even actually told this on the podcast before, but we were at our other friend's birthday party. And I think we were all like probably 10. And we had the little elastic guns that were popular mm-hmm. back in the day. So they were just these little plastic guns that had these little elastic bands that you could shoot. And so my best friend kept trying to take mine. And I just started like throwing him around after he did it for the third time. I got super pissed. That was that was the closest I came to lava. Well, it was the the closest I'd come to killing a bunch of (laughs) children like Anakin did. There were a bunch there. I mean, by the strict, by the most strict religious um, readings, I've killed that many children many times and more. (laughs) Okay. All right. Let's move on. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, any other any news we want to get into before we get to the the other questions? There, there is of course the very sad news that uh, Ray Stevenson did in fact pass mm. away. Uh, seemed to be a really sudden sudden illness that was hap- that happened while he was in Italy filming for something mm. else. Uh, so that's it's not good. Yeah, no, it's not good. I wonder. I mean, from a human point, I'm very sad. I didn't really know him like know him as an actor very much i'll admit uh from a fan i like i was really intrigued by his character and it's it is a little cheesy to say but obviously i'm sad that at most we'll get one season of his portrayal of that character mm-hmm. so uh that that sucks in in two ways hopefully that doesn't come off as too uh too you know insensitive yeah like i i didn't realize he played Dagonet in king arthur and i was a big king arthur fan when I was mm. younger, I don't know if you've seen that movie. That like it was really no. bad, but I enjoyed it. So, uh, so that that was something that was nice to learn. But yeah, it is uh, one of the few actors who's played two different characters in Star Wars. Unfortunately, has uh, right because he was Gar Saxon too, yeah. right? Yeah, and I I fucked up because in my clip about it, I think I had footage of Tiber Saxon because I, I thought I put in a different clip than I had so I don't know if that's like racist against Mandalorians in some kind of way but I would like to apologize to everyone for uh, this continuous lapse in judgment it's their fault for always wearing those helmets it's okay it wasn't a helmet you see <laughs> okay well then yeah that's on you <laughs> oh well yeah way she goes uh yeah, I, I there wasn't too much news. The Star Cruiser closed. Like I think everything that's been said about that has been said. Um, yeah, I I I I'll give you my I've been continuing my playthrough of Star Wars Jedi Survivor, and I'm at um, I'm at the final boss fight. I'll just say that I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't uh, played it. And it's been really fun. There's been some parts of the game on that I've not enjoyed, and other parts that I've really enjoyed. Have you tried Overall, the fight yet, or you yes. just got to it? You did. I almost got it. Yeah. I How don't many tries are you in? Oh, I only I only did about three. Okay. I I came very close. Um, the last stage is the hardest by far. Mm-hmm. Um, same with the. Listen, I'll just give I'll just give a spoiler warning because I want to talk about it. Spoil if you haven't played the game. Spoiler warning. It'll skip ahead three minutes. I'll hold my hand um, up like this while we're talking about it. If you want to mute us. I'll put my hand down when we're done. I'm already tired of this, but I'm I'm doing it for you. So let's, let's get yeah. it out. So the Vader fight, 
I thought was pretty easy. The um, uh, the Dagen, the third Dagengarif fight I thought was pretty easy. The second one was pretty hard, and the um, the what the the Jedi, what's his name again? Um, Ravis. Ravis. He was hard, but he was my favorite by far. I really enjoyed that fight. Um, yeah, that one was was like hard, but not unfair. It's like yeah. every time I died, I was like, yeah, that was on me. Um, and how do, the hardest, they, how do they compare to Ogdo Bogdo? Is anything matched up to that? Yet not even, fights? not even close. Ogdo Bogdo took me probably like four hours, like of like pure. I think I recorded like two hours of it, and then I did it like I had another hour or two session on my own. Um, nothing was even close. I think even the Rancor might have been harder. And there's another Rancor you can fight too that respawns. Did you find that one? I haven't fought the one that's just running around in the wild. Like I've only done the cave one and the uh, and the fracture, so I haven't seen the other one yet. Mm. I think the probably the hardest moment so far, other than Ogdo Bogdo on Grandmaster, has been at the very end, right after you go and you get your uh, your new force, your dark side force powers. You go back to activate the array, and it throws you in like this gauntlet of like yeah. five ways. I, I, I hate that so much. Well, that part was really tough. Yeah, because on Jedi Knight, I blew through that because I was just like spamming the dark side power. But mm. when you're on Jedi Master or Grandmaster, I think we talked about this last week, but that was like it. You get one use of it because it charges up so slow. But yeah. Yeah, you got it more the, uh, like on the asteroid. You get it like nonstop. Yeah. Um, which I was kind of surprised by. But uh, well, it yeah, seems I to be based on what you're killing because mm-hmm. the uh you're fighting a bunch of lower tier enemies there that just like die and then it recharges i don't know if it's like extra scripting that gives it to you faster there but on I the think asteroid it's you get it nonstop. So there's a on the asteroid it regens like every 60 okay. seconds yeah but then once you're done that it goes back to normal um because like even like that section even on grandmaster wasn't hard at all because you you have the but then once once uh, you get the it's not you talk it goes back to normal Okay. 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 Yeah. Right. I'm gonna put my hand down. Anything other spoiler stuff you want to say before we get there? Yeah. 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 No. No. I guess. uh, I guess we'll take this second question from Game or GF. Thank you very much. Who asks? Will there be one year since the last Thrawn's Revenge update celebration? Uh, the stream from the memes. It's on July 21st. We already missed the fall of the Republic. No update anniversary. So there will be a Empire War expanded anniversary stream uh, sometime in June. I think it'll be the one of the Sundays. We're still figuring out exactly when it is, but it's going to be the 17th anniversary of Thrawn's Revenge. Uh, so we'll be doing a lot of celebrations there. I just wanted to take that opportunity to plug other things because it's it, you got to go for the synergy. But, uh, do you have any updates coming out? We do. We're about to go into beta with Fall of the Republic. Thrawn's Revenge will be soon after that. So it's nice. a lot of stuff that's a lot of stuff that's coming. That's uh, crazy that a shill can get that much content out. Yeah. Well, I've never anyone who's uh, who follows me on Twitter may know now that I've never read a Legends book before. Uh, <laughs> so I, I was getting getting a lot of heat for. Uh, for not being a real Legends fan. Some some really disappointed people out there. Yeah, I, I saw those people that were talking about you. Those are the really weirdos. Yeah. It, we've actually got a question that's kind of connected to that. 
Um, okay. But it's uh, there. It's annoying because there's there's a subset of Legends fans. This is clearly not every Legends fan because like we're Legends. Not fans. even we're most not, like, Legends it's, fans. It's maybe one percent, but they're very loud people, and they have decided that being a Legends fan means okay. I, I shouldn't say being a Legends fan because their problem with me was partially that I was saying Legends, but I know not all of these people feel that way either. Uh, but they th- they get confused where they think. Being a Legends fan means hating new canon stuff. And mm. they, they really get their their very small minds can't wrap around the fact that that is not analogous. Like there was someone else who was trying to talk about how like this is a one sided issue of like canon fans making fun of Legends or Legends fans making fun of canon where they're like, look at how many articles that have been written about how uh, criticism of this thing of canon is uh, like only man babies like the end of Mandalorian season two, or this criticism of last Jedi is invalid. It's like literally nothing you're saying has anything to do with legends. Do you not understand that? That's not the same position to have. And I feel like mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who will sometimes like kind of co-opt that and jump into it the same way where it's like now uh, they're convinced that like, Hey, yeah, they're right. I'm supposed to be as a legends fan talking like this. And just uh, don't fall for that. But thank you, everyone, for all these fun questions. Uh, and Virgin shit. Questions. But yeah, I th- I think like I the whole what do you call thing like naming it's just I think it's so dumb. Like the same with the Rangers fans. Like sometimes uh, Devils or other teams will call the Rangers the Rags, and like fuck it, I think it's hilarious. So I'll, I'll I, the, the Rangers are my team, so I'll call them the Rags too. And I remember somebody was like, you can't fucking do that. I'm like, it's just a name. It's only as much power as you like. Come on. It's mm-hmm. it's a little nickname. Like same with Legends. I I say it because I think it's a nice distinction between the two yeah. expanded universes. So like I yeah. to me, the term expanded universe that could apply equally to any kind of published material. So I feel like Legends makes it clear what you're specifically talking about or which continuity you're specifically talking about. But I, I just like Legends, to be honest. Because, like, that's what I used to put all, like, for me, it's because I used to put all, when I was putting videos out a lot on canon and legends, I'd put legends so people would know, okay, it's about this. Yeah. It's a useful name. Like, it, it's a shit. Yeah. Uh, but a nice question here from the Templin Institute who wants to know, I live in an area with hard water. What can I do to reduce calcium buildups in my shower? CLR and other products don't cut it. Thanks, guys. I was at Costco today and I saw a dude. He was wearing a shirt that had a campgrounds name on it and he was buying like probably, I'm going to guess like 500 pounds worth of water softening salt, which like I actually don't understand because I thought hard water meant it was filled with, uh, m- with like minerals. So I don't know how softening salt works, but I would try that. Yeah, it's uh, I used to live out in the country as well. So like we had a, a our own little water reservoir rather than city water. And that was hard water. And it it, it also means you smell slightly different. And I didn't like that. But uh, I kind of think you just have to just have to go with it. It's that's just your life now. It's the taste, too, right? It's like, yeah. isn't that what a lot of people? Yeah, when you're yeah, when you're drinking in the shower, you got to be really careful with it. Okay. Uh, Koi wanted to know when will you cover the good Han Solo trilogy in the future I know we don't this may come as a shock to a lot of people we don't plan that far ahead with episodes 
Uh, so we want to get to everything eventually. And I think we'll probably, between New Jedi Order and Dark Nest, go back to some of the other stuff. So we're never getting to it? Yeah. Okay, well, there you go. Never mind. All right, well, sorry, Koi. That's just not happening. Jiggity Jake wants to know, do you guys think a rated R Star Wars could work? Would you like to see that? Why or why not? Not interested. I don't want there to be a Star Wars I can't take my kid to go see. I think that's fair. Like, I think anything could work. I don't think the rate, like, it's just a universe that works as a backdrop for telling stories in. So mm-hmm. I don't have any particular need for it. Maybe if they want to drop a few more swears in Andor or, like, reference sex a few more times, then we could get it. Like, we were one thin sheet away from that one scene probably being rated R. So maybe that's all it takes. But I, I don't... Mm. Like, would it work? Yeah, it would work. I'm just... Not int- I just think tonally it would be a bit weird, and I'm not super interested in it. Well, you're you're famously kind of a prude, right? Like you don't. If there's swearing around, if there's nudity, you're you're not into it. Like I I always make foreskin jokes, and you're like, "Ew, Corey, that's disgusting. Stop being weird." So, yeah, not on my uh, Christian Star Wars podcast. <laughs> this is the second time you've gone very religious in your objections to things what does that tell you maybe stop making jokes about it i didn't bring it up at all that's that was all I mean, you stop, stop putting me in a position where i gotta ex- i right. gotta bring my fine, faith into it to explain things <laughs> fine. i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> that's also why i was late uploading the podcast i just so many right. church we'll, sessions we'll, we'll give you three hail marys and, and four lord hunter and jesus <laughs> yep my grandmother used to say lord Thunder and Jesus all the time. Lord Thunder and Jesus. Thunder I feel like that is that just a, an East Coast thing? I've never heard anyone it's else say it. Just a Newfie thing. It's not even really an East Coast thing, I don't think. It's but most it, I've only ever heard Newfie say it. Lord okay. Thunder and Jesus, yeah. Or Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. That's not just an East Coast thing, I don't think. But so when your grandma heard that, or was she ever around to to hear that you were mm-hmm. a Lord YouTuber? Did she did that like uh, uh, she had dementia, she, she didn't understand. Okay. <laughs> She didn't even understand when I was going to law school. She thought I was a police officer. It's kind of the same thing, right? No. Police officers have to go to law school, right? Fortunately not. <laughs> uh, let's see. It's a miracle he can... Uh, wait, no, 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 no. That was a different one. There was... Oh, there was just uh, somewhere where I think Seamus was expressing doubt that we'd ever make it to Legacy of the Force. We will. We're gonna no, do we'll it. We'll make it. Yeah. We're we're halfway through the NJO. A lot of shows stopped us. We've been very busy with other things. Eck has now hired a, a small army. So clearly mm-hmm. he's I gonna have, have more time to four full time employees, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Three or four, I don't know. <laughs> Three in me. Uh let's see. I'm trying to I should probably have opened up the, the Q and A thing, but oh well. I, I don't like that function on YouTube at all. It adds in the extra page, but then it, it doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't really do much. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, this is the question. Or this is the comment. It's not so much a question, but it's, I would love to hear your views on why Jason's arc and Legacy of the Force make sense. So I've had some people across the internet questioning my position on this. Uh, we will well, that definitely better than Anakin? It. Was that what your position was? Yes. That I really liked Jason's arc in Legends. It was my favorite arc. 
because of uh, I, I think it is handled better than and is it a departure from his earlier character? Yes, but I think Matthew Stover's interview with Star Wars Theory, I think, outlines why I think that's OK in a way that like it because it because Matthew Stover in Trader is the one who set up basically whatever direction Jason's arc was going to go. So I think he'd be OK with it in some ways, just because you're looking at the arc of the character and you kind of take it from the position of this is what happened. How can we look at that and understand what the character was going through rather than just saying like, oh, I this isn't where I expected him to go. So I don't love everything Troy Denning did, and he's the one that mostly handled that transition. But I think if I enjoy looking at Jason's story and thinking about like how he could go from the kid we see in the Young Jedi Knights see like the <clears throat> the horrible shit he went through in the NJO and then thinking about like how that could lead someone to the position that Jason was in in Legacy of the Force. It's not that I think like it was always set up to be that way, but that's part of what makes it interesting to me because there is a change in his character and I think that change can be explained by everything that happens to him. So We'll we'll talk about that a lot more. That's basically going to be the entirety of the legacy of the force. But that is that's why I I like it. Yeah. Well, let's, let's leave it uh, there for now. All right. You read a question. Uh, from the chat. Yes. Um. Well, I wasn't preparing one. I'll read the next one. Do you have All any right. from the? Email? I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna pop in right, our I'll, first I'll, email. I'll question. read one of the. Uh, just on that note. Uh, Starborn Michael Hall says, will, An will the Anakin Solo be in the mod in the future, your, your, your Empire War mod? Yes. Okay, there you go. There it is. Uh, let's see. Our first question from the email that we'll go with is Joel's from Today, who asks, of the more polarizing seasons of Star Wars TV, Book of Boba, Kenobi, and Mando Season 3, which do you think will age the best out of all of them? Personally, I think Kenobi, but I'm biased since that's my favorite of the three. So... What do you uh, what'd he say? Mando season three, Kenobi and Book of Boba Fett? Yeah. Which do you think will age the best? And we're going to go within the community's eyes, not yours, I think, because in your eyes, yeah. it's already Book of Boba Fett. Well, that's kind of a tough question because I think it really depends on which one remains a standalone. Like, I don't think we're going to get a Kenobi sequel. Um, we're obviously going to get a Mando season four. And I think if Mando season four is really good, like the issues people had with Mando season three aren't going to be really, you know, remembered as, as much, I think. Um, and I think that could be true if Boba Fett's character goes to an interesting place as well. Um, I like it's, it's kind of weird because I think book, both the book of Boba Fett and Kenobi have really similar problems Actually, no, that's not true. Like, in my mind, Kenobi's issue is with the uh, production, um, the directing, where the overall story is pretty good. Um, and Book of Boba Fett kind of just fall, fell off midway through. I think probably Kenobi might have the more fond memory. Yeah, I think Mando Season 3 is probably going to age worse than either the other two. Like, the farther I get from it, the more I think, like, I didn't like that so much. Like, it's... Whereas I, I've... 
I had a relatively positive opinion of Kenobi, where like the the downsides for that were more on the the actual execution side than anything. I was always pretty happy with the story and what they were trying to do there. Or it's just like some of the visual weirdness mm-hmm. was not ideal. But then you also have, I think the fight with like Obi-Wan and Vader was pretty good. The biggest problem is just like you can't see anything in the show, which is yep. like if I'm ever editing a video and I'm looking for my clips from Kenobi to put them in. It's awful. It's no, I, it's easy book. because I just look for the black box in the fucking videos. Oh, it's yeah. It's easy. But if you ever wanted, to, I remember when we were trying to do like thumbnails for Kenobi and I'd have to fucking crank the contrast, yeah, yeah. crank the brightness. It's just like, oh man. Um, yeah, like Kenobi's, I don't know. It's, I think the thing about Kenobi is that it's so much potential. I think that's frustrating. Like with me with Mando season three, there's a lot of individual episodes that I actually like more in hindsight. I like the pirate episode more in hindsight. I think I like the first two episodes more when I can kind of like just watch them on their own. Mm-hmm. But overall, there's a lot of things that I didn't like how they just came together. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there's 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 aspects that are aging all right for me. And that show had great visuals, certainly, too. And like I love certain moments like the the space whales in episode one. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with your reading. I I think Kenobi will get in a lot of ways the sequel tr- or not the the prequel treatment. I think Book yeah. of Boba Fett and Kenobi will both kind of go through a similar arc with that. Yeah. So like they're clearly both very much in people's consciousness. Like I've seen jokes about how everyone just forgot they existed or whatever. But, yeah, I like, saw that too. The any videos I do about them, even to this point, they're some of the most popular videos I do. So. Often the comments will just be people coming in to say, well, actually, this show sucked. Or like, if you think that, fine. But it's, it, at least people are thinking of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kenobi was huge. Um, like, that's when our Clips channel was blowing up. I think we got like 40 million views that month. Yeah. Um, in like actual video views, not short, uh, not short views either. So there are a lot of eyes on that. Um, yeah, and I guess that's more the strength of the prequels than anything, really. But yeah, I, don't know. I think there's always going to be a thing with Kenobi where it's nice to see the prequel actors. And this is true of like the Mandalorian season three stuff with Ahmed Best, where it's good to see the prequel actors being in a better place with their mm-hmm. their Star Wars legacy. Not just like I not just that I, I like that they enjoy being in Star Wars, but it, for a lot of them, that was a very dark period in their lives, like especially Ahmed Best. And there's been irreparable damage done to Jake Lloyd. Like, we'll never get that moment that we have with Ahmed Best, where you'll see like Jake Lloyd show up in a new Star War. And he's done some pretty heinous shit, but that's also, I feel like it's the way that online fandom engages with people is in some way responsible for what these actors and actresses go through. And it it always just kind of felt tacky to me about like the people calling Ahmed best a redemption because he didn't need to be redeemed. He didn't do anything wrong. And it felt like it was kind of putting the onus on the other people in the prequels for the treatment they received as well. So I don't know that that whole thing was just kind of icky. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, Jingle All the Way wasn't that, but I don't know if I call it heinous <laughs> shit. But that was before. That was before the Phantom Menace. Dude. I actually love that movie. I watched it, even though it stresses me the fuck out. I watch it every Christmas. I don't think I've ever seen it. I've never been big on live action Christmas stuff. Well, it's like me neither in a way. Like really, Chris. It's more just about Arnold Schwarzenegger just running around town. So it's pretty sick. Well, and Phil for, Hartman's in it. For me, like I think it's because I watched the Santa Claus first, and it's really bad. Yeah. So that. Like there's the Jonathan Taylor Thomas movie that was fine. I'll be home for Christmas. I think that is. But, but those are like, those are like, there's a difference between like um, a a Christmas movie or like a movie set during Christmas and like a movie that's meant to make you feel like oh, like I like I think of like um, yeah, or even Christmas Vacation, which yeah, it's a Christmas movie, but it's not like. I don't know. It's, it's like it lacks the cheesy factor that a lot of the Christmas movies have. Same with Jingle All the Way, which it's not amazing cinema by any stretch of the imagination. But yeah, we we should really do a, a dedicated Christmas movie podcast when all the Hallmark movies are coming out. Well, I I can't anymore. Okay, fine. Another question from Joel asking, have you changed your view on the interconnectivity or lack thereof in various Star Wars media, post-Jedi Survivor, and Acolyte updates? Because you, quite famously, thought that the High Republic would never connect to anything else, and you're wrong. Was that my exact wording? Uh, You didn't say you were wrong at the time, but I, I think Light of the Jedi, when we did the episode on that, you were pretty convinced that or maybe it was just when the high republic was announced but you were pretty convinced that it was being put 200 years before because then they just don't have to worry about it anywhere else but now we've seen like jedi survivor jedi fallen order or the bad batch or a bunch of stuff acolyte that actually is connecting and you even said with the acolyte with it being set seemingly later is it just going to be mm-hmm. high republic in name and not so mm-hmm. yeah yeah i remember that now um yeah, I'm obviously I was obviously wrong about part of it. I don't think Jedi Survivor would have changed my mind. Um, because if you take the High Republic connection out of Jedi Survivor, uh Dagon is a new Jedi, um the High Republic itself is not super important. Like if you would if the High Republic hadn't been invented, that story still works, I guess is, is what I'm trying to say. Um I think it adds to it. But but yeah, with uh Venestra in it, it is Venestra, right? It's going to be yeah. Yeah, with Venestra in uh, the Acolyte, yeah, I, I don't think you can, uh, I don't think my argument holds water anymore. At least you admit it. But I still want to see, what I want to see more is like, it's easy to say, okay, this is this this is a High Republic Jedi. Like, I want to see actual connections between the things. Um, yeah. Like, like, I don't necessarily feel like being super familiar with or having read the High Republic, really elevated my... Besides for knowing what the Nihil were, really elevated my understanding of Jedi Survivor, if that makes any sense. Yeah, but I think there there is a, a line you have to walk there of like making sure that you're not detracting sure. too much for people who don't know what that stuff is. Like I mm-hmm. enjoyed having the background I did, and I think there is an element, too, where if you go in with the familiarity, that you can just not really 
it won't necessarily register how much you're understanding or how much actually you're getting mm -hmm. because you're already familiar with the other stuff. So I think it can be hard to gauge. And I do think Jedi Survivor got a really good balance on that where like, sure, we didn't necessarily need to know about the Jedi, the High Republic before, but kind of knowing the general milieu that Dag and Gare had come from, I thought was an interesting part of it. Fair enough. Especially seeing, like, Elzar Man would beat the shit out of Dagon Gera, obviously. Yeah, I'm not super impressed by Dagon, although, I mean, he did all of, all of it missing one arm, so good for him, but... Like, I, I hope we see... It'd be nice to see um, him featured in some High Republic novels now, yeah. I think. I, well, I don't really know quite how the timing will work, but... Once we're, once we're back in, I think phase three will probably include him in some way because that mm -hmm. should be taking place like right after phase one, right? So mm -hmm. we're getting into the the height of the Nile conflict. And I, I'm not sure what the comment, like I've read the books from phase one. I haven't read anything from phase two yet. Uh, and I haven't really engaged too much with any of the comics from any of the phases. So I still need to catch up on a lot of that. But mm -hmm. yeah, I think... I, I feel like if he doesn't show up, that'd be a missed opportunity. I don't think they're going to miss that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any questions that have caught your eye? I'm going to do another. I'll take a look if you want to do another email question. Yeah, I'll, I'll read the next email question. I'm trying to get questions from many people as possible as well. Mm -hmm. Uh. Hostile Nebula asks, "What was the impact of the on or of the Hand of Thrawn duology on Star Wars writing out of universe with all its retcons, especially around Mera and Luke being together and as characters generally?" So I think that was really a retcon. No. That was more an evolution. Like they're not together before they get together in the novel, in yeah. the second novel. So yeah, I wouldn't say there were like thinking of retcons. I think what it did was not really retcon things but kind of clean everything up a little bit like it ended the warlord era pretty you know pretty concretely with peace between the new republic and the empire to me that's kind of the the lasting um mm -hmm. impact of it and that was in the build-up to the njo so they were already getting ready for the for the next big thing mm -hmm. so and apparently it was uh timothy zahn writing the book had the uh not criteria he had the stipulation whatever not the right word but he was requiring that he be allowed to have luke and mara get engaged when he wrote it uh which sure it ended the who's luke's partner going to end up being debate in star wars books because callista had kind of already lost by that point yeah but yeah it, that's i do think that's more development than uh than retcon because, like, Mera wasn't always Luke's girlfriend. There's plenty of other characteristics she has, plenty of other stories that get told. She's almost 40 by the time they get married. Uh, so I would personally suggest, if anyone thinks that her entire character is is pointless if she can't marry Luke, I would think that's a that's not a good take. But, yeah, me. Just me. Yeah. It's definitely what she's most famous. It's definitely what she's most famous for. But, like... There's like a whole list of things that like I can tell someone's never read the Thrawn trilogy. Like I put a video about that, about how like I can't wait to hear from everyone who's not read the Thrawn trilogy, but how Ahsoka's better or worse. Mm -hmm. Um 
And yeah, like one of the things is Luke's wife being in it. Like Luke's future wife is in it, but you know, she's not in it then. I just so many people, like even these like people with big Twitter followings or whatever, or just big in the Star Wars community, they're like they talk about it and just zero fucking clue. And it's just the books are good, read them, and then yeah. I don't know. Just my thoughts. And they're usually the angriest about other people with their perceived takes on who's the biggest fan or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I've never read a Legends book, so what if, what, what, what? No. no. Did you find any questions that you wanted to, to pull up right now? No, chat's given us like nothing good, to be honest. That's kind of rude. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll take this question from Theo, which kind of touches on another hot topic indirectly that's been going on in the Star Wars community lately. I'll let you know. You let me know if you can figure out what I think this is kind of connected to. We'll turn it into a fun game. Okay. So Theo asks, uh, I bring this up because of the Book of the Sith talks about how Dathomiri magic is neither light nor dark and that they then channel the Force in different ways. Talzin straight up says in Wild Power that their green shit is light side stuff or a gift from the daughter of Mortis, but whatever. Meanwhile, we get Tenennial's Song of the Storm, which is basically just for, like, Force Lightning. Does Dathomir exist separate from the dichotomy we know about? Do writers not make it consistent, or whatever? Also, another question that's sort of similar. How do Jedi Lords not count as Darksiders, given the attachments and stuff that seem like the closest thing we get to Great Jedi, but instead of it, they seem to be like bad Jedi with good jobs? I wasn't supposed to read the second part of that, because that was... Eh, never mind. The game's, game's dead. Yeah. Yeah, so I think you're talking about Grey Jedi. I think it's oh, probably... Oh, you got the... it! Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I... I had a kind of a similar question um, in a video that I did. And I the, the premise of the video was I was going to take questions, ask ChatGPT them, and give my response to and see how we differed. Uh, and one thing I discovered is it's definitely been trained on a couple of my videos. Um, like when like the perfect fleet video I did, it like copied it down to like having the secutor in it. And I was like, like, come on. But um, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah. So the Dathomiri magic, it's like it comes down a lot to, you know, the old debate we we have, we've had and we will have about kind of whether something is evil based on just kind of its fundamental nature, like force lightning is always going to be evil or because of the intention of the user or because of the result or because of something in between. Um, like the death Amiri are kind of just one of many non Jedi, non Sith factions who have kind of their own take on the force, their, their own kind of mythos around the force. Um, we talked about the Angti monks before, like they do lots of things through the force that you wouldn't necessarily think are Jedi or Sith powers, but it's still kind of powered by the force in the same way. Mm-hmm. Death, death, magic is the same. Like a lot of it is clearly dark side, um, like the reanimating stuff and the, like they've got their own kind of force lightning that he alluded to. A lot of it is kind of more neutral or light side. Um, like the way they can teleport and and zoom around. So it's not like, I don't think you can qualify it all as good or bad. Just like a Sith could use, you know, they could use the force to help them jump. And like, that's not necessarily a dark side power just because it's followed up by a force lightning. 
Yeah, like it's it's hard to always project the the Jedi framework on everything else. There's clearly some similarities there, and it, it does seem like certain Force sects just get uh, kind of absolved of any ability to fall to the dark side because they're just not Jedi. But you mm-hmm. also, if you look at the the Clone Wars, Night Sisters, and everything, like a lot of them very clearly are mm-hmm. what the Jedi would consider corrupted by the dark side. But then you all like Marin is kind of the first night sister we see who isn't presented necessarily as being a dark side user. And I think In canon at least. Yeah. And because Sinennial Joe is not a dark side. Well, user, really. she was she was one of the witches, which is different from the night sisters. Right. OK, I thought you were talking about all witches, witches generally. Or, yeah, yeah, no. yeah. I think sorry. I thought you're talking about all night sisters. Witches. Or all witches generally. Yeah. OK, sorry. Because I I'll, it. Basically, the in courtship, like the night sisters are the evil or the dark siders, the the witches are light siders, and you get cross pollination in both continuities between like both groups and the Jedi and the Sith. Because like Asajj Ventress, uh, it's kind of treated as a night sister. Maul <sighs> is a, a brother. Have there been non night sister witches in canon yet? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't. I think don't think so explicitly, either. but I there probably has been some. I don't know. I feel. I feel like canon has kind of used the two terms interchangeably. Yeah, that's true. But like Marin is unmistakably from a Night Sister clan, and mm-hmm. I think that's also why she's able to talk to Cal so helpfully about him not falling to the dark side because she's kind of aware of what that power is like, and like she talks about the fire consuming you metaphorically in. Uh, in Jedi Survivor, I think that kind of comes from experience with Chlamydia. how she's always like, yes, oh. that, that's probably what it is. Because, look, she gets around in the time between Fallen Order and Survivor, so... You gotta hop in a back to tank, clear that shit right up. Her fire is not supposed to be green. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> but, they, the yeah. Nastier jokes on Tapcaf. <laughs> I, I don't know, because like there's there's force entities like Bendu who get to claim that they're in the middle, even though like the the thing is, it's not that the Can Sith we are acknowledge only... the Bendu's full of shit. Yeah. OK. Yeah, I, I, th- I think the show is kind of clear on him being kind of full of yeah. shit. But yeah. also, he's a bitch. He gets taken out by a little pea shooting blaster. I'm just saying. <laughs> I am the Bendu. I, I don't think he's dead. I don't think he's dead. I think you really care. <laughs> a I, seer? I probably right. No, Sorry. they. I think she dies. No, Bendu. No, Ben Bendu responds in, in Ahsoka. Okay. We're not going to get Kane and Jarrus in live action because Freddie Prince Jr. doesn't want to do it. But we'll get Bendu in live action. Freddie Prince Jr would not be saying he would not do it if he had the opportunity to do it, if it were an option. I'm just saying. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. He'll... You believe Freddie Prince Jr. would turn the bag down for some greater... Nah. I still think he should just come back as Fred instead. He should join join the Ahsoka crew, as, or the Ghost crew, as Fred from the live-action Scooby-Doo movies. And then we can get live action Jedi Master Shaggy with Matthew Lillard. Let's get them all to reprise their roles. Get Sarah Michelle Geller in there. 
Send them on Skeleton Crew. They can solve the mysteries. Dave, call me. We're we're here. We got these ideas. Like, I think if Freddie Prince Jr. looked like Kanan, he'd be shutting his fucking mouth. I'm not saying that in any way to, like, (laughs) belittle him. I just think, like, it's easy to... No. I think think he could pull it off. I think he could pull it off. He is close enough to Kanan for live action... It's fine. To me, I don't know. Like, is Kanan supposed to be white? Like, I guess. I don't know. I just, he doesn't look like Freddie Prince to me. Okay, that's know. fine. But, uh, but yeah, anywho, there's other, there's other of these four sanities that believe they're in some kind of position that we would recognize as the Grey Jedi. And the thing that always kind of gets me with uh, the Grey Jedi discourse, or whatever you want to call it, bullshit that gets thrown around the internet, is that I don't think you need to necessarily take the argument that they could exist in universe as an endorsement of their position. Like the Great Jedi Code that gets thrown around is like, it's really dumb. Like whoever wrote that, we should no one should engage with that. It's just like a a fan thing that gets passed around a lot. That it, it's that code. Okay, is I want to say, stupid. but it's. I also want to push back slightly because I saw some really crazy tweets. Like that was going around the other day, and someone was like. The gray Jedi code is for violent, like violence fetishists who want to pretend to be Jedi. And like, okay, is it goofy? In my opinion, yes, it's absolutely goofy. But like, wanting to make up a gray Jedi for your headcanon doesn't mean no. Yeah, I agree with you. No, I know you do. I'm just like, I saw a tweet go super viral about that, and I'm like, like half of Star Wars is just fantasy and wish fulfillment. So like. If your wish fulfillment is being a Jedi who can shoot force lightning out of your hands, okay. Yeah. Like no one no one's actually no one's actually gonna be capable of doing that. And no one's ever gonna like people think they have the they'd have the opportunity to, they just wouldn't. That's not how life Like maybe works. I wanna be a and there's also the like I wanna be a Jedi and clap cheeks, which is like Gray Jedi is kind of used in two terms. Like a Jedi who uses light and dark side is one definition. The other one is kind of more like um, the other is kind of more like the Qui Gon Jinn, like Jedi who is unambiguously light side, but doesn't necessarily follow the order to a T. Yeah. Um, and I think Jolie Bindo is kind of more like that. Uh, Ahsoka is like definitely like that. Um, and Cal could become something like that maybe but i he still holds himself out as a jedi i think so. people misinterpret uh the like his his dark side usage as being like a gray jedi thing but that's just the dark side like that's never yeah, been he's an ambiguous pushing thing. back against that actively yeah. yeah like i i think you can have people in universe who call themselves gray jedi or who would call themselves gray jedi on what the jedi would call a sliding slope a slippery slope down towards the dark side like you don't have to accept that they'd be like philosophically or ontologically correct to exist in universe. Like mm. George's conception of the Jedi may be what is presented like in their kind of purest form as the morally correct or epistemologically correct position in universe. But like the Sith are incorrect about how they think the world would or should or does work. They can still exist as a group. We can still have dark Jedi who may engage in the whole like, I like we we get that whole plot in Legends where Jason is telling 
everyone like hey look we can use force lightning and we can force choke these people and we're still good mm -hmm. because we're doing it for the right reasons and i think having that as an in-universe debate that people have whether it's like them sitting around a table or just like them engaging in the force in different ways i think that's an interesting thing that can be explored so i think dismissing it as like ah george never had gray jedi they'd be wrong therefore they can't exist is i i always find that kind of annoying yeah i agree so thank you, Theo, for that question. Uh, I'm also tired of everyone saying George said this. George, listen, George is a, a 70, what, 77-year-old man. He made this shit 45 years ago. He's changed his mind. Like, I just, uh, he made a myth. Like, I, I just, I, I find, like, appeal to George is, like, the weakest fucking argument of yeah. all time. Like, yes, if you want to appeal to George, I think you need to look to his fundamental understanding and his fundamental, um, like the rationale behind it. If you say, listen, George didn't believe, like George actually believed the Jedi shouldn't have attachments because he was looking at X and Y in Eastern philosophy. And that is what he based the Jedi on. That is, that's fine. If you want to say George said this and leave it at that, George hated Mara Jade. Therefore the idea of Mara Jade is stupid. Like, that's not good. If you want to say George didn't like Mara Jade because he believed Luke shouldn't do this because he believed Dect Y and Z, that's fine. But I'm just tired of George said being the supposed end all of all conversation. Are we supposed to just accept that Darth Talon has to be the hottest character? Everyone has different opinions on that. No one has different opinions on that. Okay, then who is it? No, he's right. Oh, right. Never mind. I withdraw my <laughs> stupid question. <laughs> I was I was expecting you to disagree. <laughs> Oops. Uh, unless, unless unless Padme's gonna pick up the force sometime now. Cedric. Darth Maul. What? Hmm? Are you suggesting that being able to use the force just makes you hotter? No, because you said hottest force user, didn't you? I thought I said character, but I might be wrong. Oh, maybe. I've been dumb in the last two minutes. Women can't be characters. Come on. Okay, let's <laughs> move on. Uh, Cedric wants to know, do you think that the Empire and the Galactic Alliance joining up in the Yuuzhan Vong War is believable? Did they forget that Pelion tried to capture the Solo Children when he was with Thrawn? I think it is. Existential threats make strange bedfellows. Yeah. They, like, I think... Some of the authors do a really good job highlighting that there's still some tension there and that Pelion is clearly still a fascist. Like, yeah. sure, he's better than the other fascists, but like the first line we get from Pelion is him being racist towards Rook. And then in, even in uh, the Hand of Thrawn duology, he's commiserating with some of the other Imperials, like, oh, it sure does suck that we like aliens now. And he's not pushing back against that. So, like, you get the the stuff with the gardening in the NJO, and, like, I feel like the NJO especially does a good job of showing that there is tension there, but they're willing to look past it. With Pelion and Traced, then with Pelion and Leia, where, like, Leia's very creeped out by the weeding out the weak stuff. Han directly argues with some of the Imperials about why their standard plan for fighting the Vong wouldn't have worked because Palpatine's nostril would have blown up. But I think it's mm -hmm. later on. It's not until you get to like Dark Nest and uh, Legacy of the Force and even Fate of the Jedi where some of the characters are presented as having been never bad in the first place. Like they're able to look past their differences in NJO, but in the later stuff, the differences are kind of whitewashed away. 
And I think some of that has to do with some of the views of the authors like Troy Denning who were involved in that. It's really good analysis for somebody who's never read the book before. I just, uh, I asked ChatGPT. Where's that section on Wikipedia? I actually, yeah, so ChatGPT really knows its shit. Um, but it does this weird thing where it adds quotes in to strengthen its arguments, and the quotes are just not real. I'll see if I can pull it up. Um, <laughs> like, I asked, so, like, I asked ChatGPT to give me a history of the, um, I asked it to give me a history of the Hapes Consortium. It did a great job. I was like, I asked it, why did the Hapes develop a matriarchal society? It gave me really good reasons. Um, I asked for like five key points about its society. It was like exactly what I would do. Then I was like, okay, give me an analysis between the Hapes Consortium and the First Order. Like they're like who would win in a full naval fight or whatever. Um, and like it nailed it, but it would just throw in random what it would call quotes and it just wasn't quotes like it would be like <laughs> it, and i would ask for it it would be like like it would it it, it was clearly like pulling out of someone's fan fiction because it would, it would be like jason saw the i'm trying to find the exact ones but it would be like jason saw the mc90 and it was more powerful than any star destroyer and then it would list like dark force rising and i'd be like are you sure that's a real <laughs> quote and it'd be like no actually that was a mistake Oh, here, here's one right here. Um, the new Jedi. So I, I asked, can you find some quotes about the MC90 in Star Wars novels? Um, so it said, like, here's one quote. It said there was one in the New Jedi Order. The MC90 is featured in several no novels, including Vector Prime, Dark Tide One Onslaught, and Dark Tide Two Ruin. But like, no, it's not. I looked. <laughs> uh, here's one. Um, and I was like, okay, give me the specific quotes you have. And it said, this is from Dark Force Rising, the second book in the Thrawn trilogy. Admiral, we have contact with the rest of the task force. The comm officer reported, the three new MC-90 star cruisers are holding position at the edge of the system, and the rest of the fleet is moving to join them. Like, I don't know where the fuck it got that from, but it's not any of the novels. <laughs> um, I said, that's not a real quote. Up. Yeah, and it was like, yeah, I'm sorry, I actually just made that up. Um, All right, what's Gilad Pelion's most famous quote about Kylo Ren? Let's see, let's see what it says. Oh, never mind. It didn't want to give me a quote. Okay, well, that, that segment fell flat. Uh, well, mine, mine's loading right now. Okay. Um... Well. Did he say we may choose our battlefield, but we cannot avoid the battle? I think Pelion said something, uh, something very similar once. Okay. Uh, but our next question comes from Aaron, who says, "I kind of got two questions for you guys. One, wouldn't Corky, Corky Kreese be Bo's son? And if so, what part could he play in the Mandalorian? Also, what parts of the Mando culture from Legends or Canon would you like to see in the show? For me, it's Clan Wren, Fen Rao, and the Basilisks." I mean, there could be another sibling, surely. Yeah. I think it's I think it's more of a an auntie auntie Satine and auntie Bo, but like they're maybe second cousins, maybe family friends. I don't, he's the really the answer is he's probably dead. I think that's See, the important part. According to Chad GPT, he said, "Yes, you're correct. Corky is the nickname of Cordy, who is the son of Bo Katan Kreez. But like it's saying that really confidently. I don't think that's right. <laughs> it's not. 
Like, why are you saying that so confidently? I don't know. Is there any part of Mandalorian culture that you would like to see in in canon, or maybe that ChatGPT wants to see in in uh, sorry in in the Mandalorian? No. I hope Sabine shows up if we get a bit more man on Mandalore stuff. I don't think we're getting that much more on Mandalore than. No, in the I don't future. think so. I think they knocked it all out pretty quickly. Which is a little bit, a little bit sad, but I also don't know how I feel about the stuff that was done with it in season. I'm not sad about it. I'm not sad about uh, it. MTAT is asking, where would you have gone with Legends? More Luke and Ben stories or go post-Legacy Comics with Cade? Not Cade. That's for sure. Oh, isn't he dead? No. No, he survived. No, I'm thinking of his. My bad. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I, I think what they were going to do with like the, uh, the Mortis dagger was kind of interesting, but they probably were running a bit out of runway. I think the the setting after Fate of the Jedi and Crucible is interesting because like it's the first time that Star Wars really has a bunch of major powers that aren't at war with each other and seeing how they end up getting back together would have been cool. Like there's still a lot of rebuilding to do with the Jedi Order. Um, I think we're both kind of not huge fans of legacy being where it is, though, Mm -hmm. like. We both feel kind of similarly about time jumps not being the best way to do anything, which yeah. is why I'm glad that the the Ray movie is going to be like pretty soon, like a little bit after, but soon enough after Rise of Skywalker that they're not tying their hands with the next period. That's usually yeah. where stuff runs into problems. Yep, agreed. Um, all right. Tristan is asking, I find it very disturbing how bigotry has become so linked to discourse around Star Wars. Significant number of Star Wars videos on YouTube, even in the 2023 or even in 2023, continue to spread lies and receive comments with paranoid claims. Uh, Whilst these claims are obviously untrue, the beliefs behind them are exactly the same as far-right propaganda and white nationalist ideas such as great replacement theory. How do these toxic fascists not only infiltrate the fan base, but also influence so many people? And I think one example of this is when the Force Awakens trailer came out, like literally just the trailer, uh, there was, I think it was enough to get white genocide trending because of Finn. So. Like, it's not a winning battle. Um, When you see this stuff, like, you can't shout it down because, like, I, you just can't. Because it's usually not based in logic and the people that believe in it, you're not going to change their mind. The best thing you can do is click not interested and go about your day. And in my opinion, me personally, I'm also call it a weak move. I've received so many, so much abuse for, you know, even going remotely political that like, it's just not worth it for me over Star Wars. And I, I, I understand, like you say that it's, it definitely the, you know, it's it's a, a front on like a bigger war, uh, but I don't know. It's just like there's no there's there's no winning when it comes to this stuff. It's nefarious. Like part of the question is about how this is different from earlier periods, like why there wasn't uh, as widely published uh, yeah, similar views exist. with like yeah with Billy D Williams in Episode Six, and I yeah I don't think it's because there just wasn't that sentiment out there. For one thing. 
there was a smaller group of people who were able to get their opinions out about anything in particular, uh, and that wasn't going to be published as much. There were other places that were more cordoned off that those kinds of opinions were definitely out there, even if it wasn't necessarily directed at Billy D. Williams being in Star Wars or how like, no, oh, Star like, Wars is going woke. But... There totally was, though. Like, Pablo Hidalgo shared a bunch of that, like, before he, like, before his first Twitter thing where he closed it, where there was, before the prequels, it was Mace Windu, yeah. and more than Mace Windu, it was women. Like, there were a yeah. lot more women in the Padme prequels. Padme was and... called feminist propaganda regularly in the prequels. People pretending that didn't happen and that this is just because Rey's a bad character. No. Yeah, and I do tend to believe that on the whole, like, Western society is probably a little less racist than it was in, like, 1980. So, like, the idea that, even if it's just a little bit, the idea that if the internet had magically been transformed or magically been teleported to the Empire Strikes Back, that yeah. we wouldn't have Billy D being called every name in the book, like, yeah, no. It was what, 14 years? Like, Empire Strikes Back, I think it was like 14 or so years after the Civil Rights Act. So, like, those <laughs> ideas are definitely, it's not that they're new, it's that it was expressed either in more closed off, like, that specific expression of it. There was a lot of it that was still mainstream, but it was more in fringe areas, and then it became easier for any kind of group to get whatever message they wanted out there. Uh, and now there is also a cottage industry of outrage bait that you can make literally millions of dollars as an individual on YouTube making that kind of content where all you have to do is act angry enough. About, and for some of it, the word there is act about these kinds of things and you can get a lot of money like there are a lot of people who have changed their position and gone more in that direction over time because they see how easy it is for them to make money that way. Mm -hmm. So in like in geeks uh, listen, communities and I, in gamers I, communities, like you can have geeks in some places and gamers in other places that are doing that kind of thing and changing their content to appeal more to the people who are going to have those things. And I think people in the geeks communities and the gamers communities, the geeks and the gamers need to stop doing that kind of thing. Listen, I know when I put out a negative video, it's going to get more views than a positive one. Um, and you got to be careful, like, too, about... Because, like, yeah, you can develop, you know, and there have been times where I've been like, man, like, I do got to put out less videos because I'm developing a fan base that sometimes, like, I'm not super impressed with. Um, so, yeah, you just, I don't know. It's it's not going to end. It's There's so much, yeah. It sucks. And there's, I kind of alluded to this at the start with uh, with the other question, but, like, there is a tendency for... Uh, push back against those specific kind, kinds of criticism. Like uh, when uh, Reva's actress, I forget her name, was getting a fuck ton of Hayden Kenobi. And then the uh, the Star Wars official accounts would come out and say, this is unacceptable. Then it gets fed into a narrative of legitimate criticisms are being shut down because they're framing mm -hmm. it as racist. And I think the fact that it's not a blanket response to criticism shows how flimsy that is. And part of the problem is there will be people who have whatever criticism they have about the media that is being talked about 
who will buy into the idea that like, oh, they're calling everyone who doesn't like this racist or sexist or whatever. And then they'll implicitly start siding with the people who are making criticisms or engaging in harassment towards actors and actresses that is explicitly racist or explicitly inappropriate. And it'll get kind of confused in this muddled thing of media company versus consumer. And they'll side with like, oh, we should go with the consumer over that, even if they don't agree with everything the person's saying. Whereas it's, it is entirely possible, and I would argue correct, to be able to criticize a media company, separate that from the people involved in making a thing, and also separate criticism of that thing from being this whole blanket idea of any criticism is valid, and the the knee-jerk reaction to feel like if you're critical of something, that you're being labeled as uh, being part of this group if you're not engaging in that, and feeling like you need to lump yourselves in with that and say, what we're not actually being racist, you're just calling us that. You should be able to say, I dislike this thing, but there is also this group of critics that are engaging in bad faith, and I don't need to back those people up. And a lot of people are incapable of doing that. Yeah, I remember it was The Last Jedi where that was like, like, listen, I, I, I gave it such a, such a negative review over The Last Jedi, like a scathing review. And this was like back when a lot of people were still giving good reviews. Um, I gotta say, I never felt offended. Like, I never felt like I was being called racist or sexist for my not liking the movie. Uh, and that was the big thing. It's like, oh, you know, um, Ryan Johnson is calling the hater. Like, he's saying people hate the movie because they're chuds or whatever. And like, I never felt like a chud for dislike. I never felt like anyone made me feel like a yeah. a hater for not liking Rose. Like I, I, I didn't like Rose. I, I didn't like the, I didn't like the, the plot arc. I didn't like the, the kiss at the end. It, I didn't like the relationship between her and Finn. There are aspects I kind of grew on a little bit, but generally kind of something I still don't like very much. And, uh, I've never felt like my dislike is written off <laughs> because I'm a sexist or whatever. Yeah. And it was all, a lot of it gets spun out of, specific misinterpretations or misrepresentations of like specific tweets by Ryan Johnson responding to like the, the tweet he had in support of Kelly Marie Tran when she was getting harassed, where that got turned from people attacking her are toxic man babies into Ryan Johnson says, if you didn't like the last Jedi, you're a toxic man baby. And then it gets applied to like the whole group of people who didn't like last Jedi. And Ryan Johnson never said that. He was attack he was specifically talking about the people who are coming after Kelly Marie Tran. That's it. But because there are entire outlets, entire YouTube channels with millions of readers, listeners, watchers that are presenting it as if Ryan Johnson is attacking the fans, he is saying if you didn't like it, you're racist, sexist, that he never said that. But because they're able to convince everyone that that is what he said, They'll say, well, now I'm on this side of this fight, and that's going to be my entire personality now. But there are so many people who criticize The Last Jedi who weren't, who never felt the need to identify with that group, who were never identified with that group. Like, you didn't go at it from that angle. Jenny Nicholson was very critical of The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, and no one has ever even tried to group her with like the fandom menace type stuff they're like 
Cody Johnston and some more news, like a lot of places outside of the Star Wars fandom or online like nerd style fandom were very critical of the entire sequel trilogy, but they've never been lumped in with that and they would never identify with that. They never feel the need to identify with that. They would never see the the criticism that Ryan Johnson made towards people who were asking Crowley Mary Tran as being labeled as being applied to them and they wouldn't feel the need to be defensive about it. Yeah, like I classify myself as a toxic man baby, but not for racist or sexist <laughs> reasons, just for other conduct. Fair enough. Just because I like to fight on Twitter. <laughs> All right. Uh, but thank you, Tristan. I've been sitting on that comment for a few weeks, so I wanted to be able to address it for longer go, than go I, off, I could. And go off. Look, I've already got them after me. I've already got, had shill written on my forehead. I may as well go on. Yeah, go after Corey. Leave me alone. <laughs> you gain a following. I've just got to stir up the controversy, right? They understand the game. I will say, and I said this, like negativity over anything. Like, you got to be careful not to fall into the... It's easy to... Listen, I've been there. Like, well, like I see the numbers. My numbers. Like, and like, I, I do not try to... Uh, to like i try to be negative when i'm negative and positive when i'm positive um but yeah if you like that's a route you can go down and you can fucking retire off of it there's a right and wrong way to be critical of racist i just didn't like this thing and here's why for reasons that aren't racist that's fine <laughs> yeah i called this i called the video probably the most ass battle in star wars and that got 400,000 views. Was that the Rebels one? Yeah, only okay. a little bit of racism in that one. <laughs> Against Gazantes. <laughs> All right, we got another question from Joel here. Uh, what time did Charlie schedule our thing for? Uh, was it now? Was it soon? Mm, looks like it was not at all. Minutes. No, it's oh, okay. 18 minutes. Okay, yeah, okay. I think we got time for one or two more. Yeah, let's do one more because I got to do something in between. Zach wants to know, will this audience fall over to the X2 stream? Historically, no. <laughs> some, never. Some do. Almost never. Yeah. Uh, but the other question from Joel was, why do you think the High Republic has had overall more positive reception from the fan base compared to the New Jedi Order, which seemed to be at the time quite polarizing? Is it simply because NJO is using the original trilogy characters while High Republic is all new characters, or is it something else? Um, I want to hear your answer on this before I tell you why you're wrong. Uh, I don't. I I don't know. I I think that um, I think that High Republic is trying to um market itself to a much broader crowd than New Jedi Order. Um, where I feel like the New Jedi Order was kind of made. I know it did have that one TV commercial, but I feel like it was made for people already in the Star Wars EU. Uh, where the High Republic um, has kind of been just a broad attempt to get all Star Wars fans into the into the novels. That being said, I'm not sure I necessarily I'm not sure I necessarily agree. I, I think there's just I think the the Vong are just such a a big spectacle that they probably receive more discussion. But like I I don't necessarily know that I that I do think it has a, a more positive reaction. Like I, I think I agree with you on that, but mm. the I think part of it is that at the time with Star Wars publishing, like the books were kind of the big 
marquee Star Wars product for continuing the story, whereas now it's kind of the the shows. Uh, and the books obviously are still important in telling different stories, but if you're thinking about like what is the like mainline story that most fans are engaging in, it's mm. whether you like the the shows that are connected to each other or not. And there's even a bit more variety there than there was at the time with the Del Rey books. That's true. And just not read the High Republic and it doesn't really yeah, impact much. Where if you wanted a Star Wars story at the time, that was the story that was continuing. You had the one line of things you could do. Like there were some comics coming out. You're starting to get into some Clone Wars stories. But the next big Star Wars story was the 19 books of NJO. And if you weren't into that, you didn't really have much else to go to. Whereas, sure, we've had the High Republic as the big publishing push. In the period from like 1999 to 2003, that would have been the Star Wars content in the book side. There wouldn't have been too much else that was fitting in that continuation. And yeah, there's also the angle of like, this is Luke, Leia, and Han's story continuing. Whereas the High Republic is like, all the other characters, there's no expectations for those. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. It's a good point. Like, I feel like if I, if everything Star Wars for me were being forced through the High Republic, I'd be getting a little frustrated because I'm not, every book for me has been kind of middling. Well, not everyone, but Rising a lot Storm, of them. I think we both said was yeah, pretty high tier. The, the other two, like or the other three kind of really big ones for me, meh. So yeah. All right. Uh, I think we are going to leave it there. Unless there's any other questions that you've seen that you want to get to. No, or... I don't think so. All right. So what are we doing next week? Would you like to give uh, this episode a letter grade? Actually, since we we did mess up and not give. Dark Journey one right away. Like, are we going to rate this one as well? Let's give people something I'll give this one an, an F for fun. Okay, that's that's good. I agree with you. Yep. So next week, though, what's what's happening next week? Uh, oh, man, I don't know. It's for me, it, it's hard because I'm getting really close to like, baby. baby number three. Yeah. Like that's this past week. Like, I don't want to not upload or get this podcast up uploaded. I just I just didn't I just straight up didn't have time. Um, Kelsey's not been feeling well. I've been on baby duty all day. So I've been waking up at six, taking the kids usually most of the day and then trying to work at night. So I would like to do a book, but I might need to leave the possibility of visions if I don't have time. Let's say we're doing the book. And yeah. then if we have to call an audible and do a visions, I've already got the thumbnail made. Yeah. We'll, we'll tentatively say book. So that's Edge of... No, that's uh, Rebel... Enemy Lines, Rebel Dream. Mm -hmm. oh, it, I, I'm never, no matter how many times I read that book, I'm never going to call that duology the right thing. And I think everyone just needs to accept that. It's fucked. <laughs> uh, okay. So do you want to say goodbye to everyone while I just zoom quickly back through chat and see if we missed anything important? Yeah, thanks for watching, everybody. Sorry again for the mix-up. I will get the uh, last week's podcast up either tonight or tomorrow, and we'll be back on schedule after that. Um, if we don't do Visions next week, what we'll probably do is we might just start working um, episodes in to our normal schedule 
So like we'll throw a visions talk maybe at the end of a book or whatever else. So rather than kind of doing it for one, we'll kind of spread it out over, uh, over, over more. So we will eventually get to Republic Commando, but Clan Burglar wants us to go out with a, with an Exarchine. Exarchine? How was that? How was that? 